All right. Have like David Funk with these joints in. <laughs> Here we are once again, another episode of Walking the Line. My name is Tony. I'm Sam. And what are we talking about today, Sam? Yeah, I just came up with the episode name on the spot. Go for it. But like it's truth. Truth. Colon. Colon. A double-edged sword. Okay, truth, a double-edged sword. Where do you want to go with this, bro? I feel like this is, there, there's a lot to talk about here, but I mean, truth, right? Like when we think of, I mean, you're you're, you're the seminarian here, right? Like when, when we when we see that double-edged sword imagery in scripture, what, what does that typically mean? Man, you're just, you, you, you caught me off guard with this one, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Got to put it down on, semin- on my seminarian status. Um, well... Besides the fact that I uh, crawled my way through seminary, (laughs) (laughs) I would say that, I mean, truth is obviously according to scripture, the word of God. Um, And I feel like there are always two camps. There's there's Mm. the truth camp or there's the grace camp. And Mm. uh, if you're in seminary, depending on which seminary you're in, you, you tend to lean more on on the truth side. Of course, there's always going to be grace there because you know we're Christians. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. about that grace, but like, how graceful are you, and how appropriate is grace, and what does that grace actually mm. even look like? Yeah, I think truth could be a double-edged sword because, man, Sam, I'm trying to just follow you on that <laughs> on that title right there. You you explain to me a little bit on where do you want to go with this. Well, well, let's. Uh, what I wanted to unpack first was kind of just the imagery, just the double-edged sword in general. Because, I mean, that 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 metaphor is used, I think, a couple times in scripture, right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, truth aside, when we talk about the double-edged sword, um, what what does that typically represent? The double-edged sword. Well, yeah. It's if we if we want to take it literally, like a double-edged sword. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of a sword that almost has no handle right like like it's oh it's like a sword with with blades on both sides that's what i'm thinking that comes to my oh. mind so as you are piercing somebody that blade is piercing you right back in a sense uh, i don't I know exactly the double-edged sword i'm sure that's not a double-edged sword because that's that doesn't seem right, but that's the image that comes to my <laughs> mind. Yeah, I was thinking more of like the sword with with a blade on both sides, right? If you think of something like a, I don't know, like a katana, right? Like it has just one blade, like on one side. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like a knife, right? Yeah, yeah. But then the double edged sword's got a blade on both sides of it, right? That 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 kind of thing. But, okay, yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah. we're thinking of the same concept, except mine has no handle. Yeah, different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, different, different imageries here. But, but, uh, yeah. I mean, the re- the reason that I was kind of thinking of that for the for the title and even and even kind of unpacking that here today was was like truth. Like you talked about. I think honestly, even though I don't know, maybe my imagery is right, but I feel like your is yours is maybe a little bit more apt for what we're talking about because, I mean. When we think of a double-edged sword, right, it has the potential to 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 deal damage outwardly, right, and to like attack your enemy, right. Yeah. But on the flip side, right, like you can cut you too. Yeah, yeah. It's the double-edged sword, right? And so, um, the reason that I thought it would be it would be good to kind of unpack this in in the in the in the context of truth is because, um, I mean, from our from our conversation that last time, 
um, I felt like it would be it would be kind of an interesting thing to unpack this right in in, in an age where um, <laughs> everyone thinks that uh, truth is subjective right like your truth is your truth my truth is my truth you know mm -hmm. like what's true for you is true for you what's true for me is true for me yeah and we don't have this like objective standard um, you know I mean I, I mean as Christians we we should oppose that right I mean yeah. because. We we believe that there is objective truth, yeah, um, given to us in Scripture, yeah. Um, but but rather that rather than that being like bad news and something to um, shirk away from and and say like oh no that's offensive like yeah. it's it's actually like a really good and and freeing and and great thing that we should um, we should uh, speak into a little bit more because that truth like we talked about like in our previous conversation yeah has the potential to heal. Right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%, 100%, right? But on the flip side, it's, I mean, it's offensive, right? Yep, yep. It can offend you, it can offend somebody else, right? Like a lot of times truth is hard to swallow, right? 100%, I mean, come like, on. It's a pill that's hard to swallow for sure. But on the flip side, I mean, like it's the same thing with many medicines, right? Like maybe they're super bitter, right? When you take it in. Nobody likes that Tylenol, actually not Tylenol. <laughs> cough, cough, cough syrup. Nobody likes cough syrup. Yeah, yeah, cough syrup, something that tastes like medicine or even, I mean, I'm thinking of, I remember taking some of those like, um, I know like Asian medicines are like this. Oh too. gosh, you know yeah, yeah, don't. Eastern medicine. That hanyak, don't be yeah, talking dude. about that. Like they make you drink that super bitter tea or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, but in the end, it's healing to your body, right? Like it, it restores something, right? Like you're... I don't know, gastrointestinal tract is yeah, yeah, yeah. feels better or what you know, whatever yeah, yeah, the yeah. application of that may be. But I feel like that's that's pretty analogous to truth, right? Where um it can for sure be a hard pill to swallow, right? Like it can be bitter, it can be offensive, like cutting, right? But in the end, it's ultimately what restores you. And when you have truth and you have a right perspective, right, that enables you to live like a a a, a full life, right? Where, whereas, you know, without truth, maybe you have the blinders on and, and you don't really see life and you don't really see reality for what it is. Um, and even though maybe truth can be a rude awakening, in the end, you start to see things the way that they are and that becomes freeing and healing. Dude, 100%, even as you're talking, um, what comes to my mind is I had a recent conversation mm. with a uh, younger brother mm -hmm. and younger brother in the faith and there's the dog, <laughs> a younger brother in the faith. And um, I just realized how dangerous it is to kind of, to kind of propose this uh, inner healing, um, very understanding, empathetic approach to raising up disciples of Christ yeah. all the time because there was almost like an air of excusing his own sin because mm. of his hurt. Yeah. And then at one point I just had to be real with him. And I was like, Hey, like you're entitled, bro. Like <laughs> I, I, I yeah. just had to be straight. And it could be like, yeah. Oh, that's so mean. You know, like how could mm. you say that? But I had to be real with him. Like if you continue on this path, like this kind of thinking, this kind of attitude, you're going to, you're going to die. Like, yeah. It will actually lead to the destruction of your own soul because you're so wrapped up in selfishness. Mm. And even everything about the faith is about you in a sense. Yeah. And I, I mean, I didn't say it in that way, but that's what I was thinking about when I think about like people 
uh, especially younger people sharing about their faith. It's a lot mm-hmm. of self, self-centered yeah. sharing about yeah. what Jesus is doing in their mm-hmm. story. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and you're the empathy guy, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, your natural disposition is to is to empathize and to um not coddle, but like, you know, help someone through that, right? Yeah, be, yeah. The, be the gentle loving arm. Yeah, yeah. Know, through difficulty like that. So I, I think that's an interesting realization because I mean, I guess to bring it way back, I feel like the roots of this run pretty deep in the Christian faith. Mm. You know what I mean? Like let, let's take it back to the gospel for a second, right? Like the gospel I think is a perfect example of this. Like in your conversation where, um, you know, I guess you, you could have been like, Hey dude, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Like (laughs) you can get through this. Um, I think you and I would probably both agree. Like that wouldn't have been like the loving thing to do. Right. Like, even though, yeah, it's kind of a, a hard pill. So it may be a little harsh to be like, dude, you're entitled. But, and that at the end of the day, you would almost be doing a disservice, mm-hmm. right? To him, if you were to tell him anything else. And so I feel like that, that, that's just ties back back into like the gospel itself. And I mean, in this, in this age, especially in America, especially in California, where like, we don't want to be offensive. Yeah. We don't want to step on people's toes, but we forget, especially as Christians, right? Pastors yeah. don't want to step on people's toes. But let's bring it back to the gospel for a second, right? Ooh. This reminds me of um, an analogy that Tim Keller gave when okay. he talked about the gospel. And he, he said, it's basically like, you can imagine you're on Christmas day and someone gives you a gift, but it's a big box of deodorant. and and it's like it's like you got this gift but in order to receive it you have to first accept that i smell bad Um, right right okay (laughs) you get what i'm saying right where there's a little bit of there's there's uh there's an offensive nature to it right and i guess that's like that cutting part of truth but when we preach the gospel and we share that with people i think sometimes as christians we forget that it's supposed to be offensive yeah. Not like we're seeking to offend people. Yeah. But the gospel in and of itself and and the truth that we share with people is inherently offensive. Yeah. Right? Like we're telling someone, "Hey, you're wicked and evil and yeah. deserving of eternal punishment." And yeah. that's offensive. Like people don't want to hear that and understandably so, but the that, that's that's the segue into the good news, right? Ooh. And even for you know, your, your, your buddy who you were speaking to, I'm sure like, even though that first part of the truth was like, Hey man, you're entitled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That it doesn't end there. Right. Yeah. It's not just you're entitled, go fix yourself or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Right? That's, that, that leads you to despair at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. But that's, that's the beauty of, of this kind of truth. Right. And that's why I, th- I felt like the double-edged sword was such an apt metaphor for it because like it, it does cut in in one sense, yeah. Um, but it's it's also it's also a healing, oh, right. It's also restoring. It's also building and uplifting in so many ways. Man, bro, I think the image that just comes to my mind is like you just imagine this this huge like wart in a sense, you know. Mm. And there's so much bad liquid in it. Yeah. But the way that you need to get rid of it is you need to cut it open and you need to let all that bad liquid come out. Yeah. Um. And that's just the image that I get. Like, we, it's it's a god. A go, the gospel cuts people, but it heals them in yes. the cutting. Yes, yes. It's just like I mean, I, I guess maybe this is a little serious for this conversation, but it's it's it's, it's like I can almost think of like cancer, right? Mm-hmm. Where it gets the same way. Where like, if if a doctor were to look at someone who has I don't know stage four terminal cancer and be like, 
hey man, you're going to be okay. It's all good. <laughs> Pop some Tylenol yeah, and you'll, you'll be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> like that would be ridiculous, yeah, right? Yeah. He wouldn't be doing his job. But I think sometimes we forget that, right? Like, especially as pastors, but even as like older men and women in the faith, like when we have spiritual discernment and these kinds of things, we're almost called to be like uh, spiritual physicians. Yeah, right? In a sense, sure. especially pastors, right? Yeah. And ministers. And, and for you to look at someone who has the equivalent of the spiritual equivalent of cancer, right? Mm. And it's literally killing them on the inside and eating away at their their vital organs and all of these things. Yeah. Right? It would be ridiculous for you to be like, you know, oh, it's okay, man. You'll be fine. Don't yeah. worry about it. It's 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 not you that's like ultimately removing those things, right? But it's it's in the sharing of truth, right? Where yeah. those things start to be cut away. And even if that's a really uncomfortable process, like you and I both know and we've seen it before, like treatment for something like cancer is terrible. I mean, mm. you know, surgeries are not fun, radiation treatment, chemotherapy, all of that is really, really taxing on the human body. And it's and it brings people to a point of extreme weakness, right? Um, but But in the end, that can be what saves their life. Exactly. Right. That can be the the healing and the restoring that they needed. And even if it was painful, even if it was exceedingly uncomfortable, um, in the end, their life is better. Yeah. Because of that. A hundred percent. I I want us to go like in this direction and get your thoughts on it. Cause mm-hmm. I was I was watching a little bit of the American gospel yesterday. Oh uh, Christ alone. Yeah, Christ alone. Okay. And it was really, I mean, I only watched the first 20 minutes of it, but it was really good, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, you get Paul Washer on there. Yeah, you get yeah, these yeah. hardcore reformed guys just yeah. hitting it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, which I appreciate. I appreciate you reformies out there. Um, yeah. And I realized there was this term that was used that one of, I think it was Dr. Julius Kim, who's part of Westminster Seminary. Mm. I think he he mentioned that the, the trend that he's seeing in American churches is not really the gospel, but it's moral therapeutic deism. Mm. And I realized even in my own life, um, as a pastor, how tempting it is to present Jesus as this uh, moral, like, hey, be a good person. He he makes you feel good about yourself. Like that's the point of Christianity Mm. is that you would eventually get to a place where you feel good about yourself. Yeah. Uh, and that you feel like, you know, I think I'm a good person now. I think I'm like mm. Christ, quote unquote, but actually you just want to be seen as a good person. You want to feel like a good person. Mm. Uh, but the truth is you're not and you never will be. Wow, that's so good. I think I think that's that brings up such an interesting point because like I think that's such a natural disposition of the human heart, right? Mm. To want to feel good about ourselves. We want to get into this place of comfort where we feel like, I made it. I arrived. There's yeah. nothing more for me to do, right? Yeah. Um, right. In a, in a culture where we seek retirement, right? I just got to work until I don't have to anymore, yeah. right? It's like, it's not like there's anything wrong with that per se, but um, it's in that same way. We almost want to spiritually retire, right? Where we mm. get to this place of like, I'm, I'm so, but, but, you know, the truth, when we look at it for what scripture says, right? Like, um, it's, it's interesting that we talk about this. I mean, I had a whole, um, discussion about this not too long ago with some friends about the doctrine of total sanctification. Mm. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's like this idea that we can 
reach a point of sinlessness in this life. What? Yeah, crazy. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's, it, but I mean, I think that, that it's, it's just interesting because, um, you know, if we were to somehow reach that point, it, it's almost like life goes on easy mode. Yeah. Like, you yeah. Know? like we want to get to this place where life is on easy mode. You hit the super saiyan. Yeah, so you're okay. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like everything is just easy for you. Yeah. I don't have to suffer. Right. I don't have to endure anything. It's just, I can go out and I can just be Jesus, like walk around and heal people and, you know, like yeah, yeah. preach to God. And it's like this like Disney, right? Almost expectation for it. Like we talked about last time. But when we look at the truth of scripture, right? It's like, no, the heart is deceitful above all things. Come on, right? going back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, yes. right? The heart is deceitful above all things. Um, and 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 even Paul, I mean, the apostle Paul himself, right? Speaks to like, I do the things that I do not want to do, right? And the things I want to do, I do not do, right? Like, who is this wicked man inside of me? And yeah. it's like, <laughs> like this this idea that we have that we can just, go to Jesus, or you said like therapeutic deism, right? Where inner healing, right? Like <laughs> Jesus come fix all of me. And then, so I can have a comfortable life where I don't have to depend on you. Ooh, right? come <laughs> like, on, come like, on. And I, and I can just kind of be in myself and enjoy what I have, right? Oof, right? yes, sir, yes, it's sir. It's such a natural desire, but like when we, when we think about it, right? It's, it's, it's the desperation. It's the understanding of, wow, like I'm so depraved and I'm so incapable of being a good person. Like I just need to cling on to Jesus more. And it's it's that desperation. It's that understanding of of my lack and all of these things. That's the truth, right? It, it's that that drives me to the cross. It's that that drives yes, me to Jesus 100%. and even drives me to do the works that he calls me to do, right? It's not in my comforts where I think I'm good and I think I'm a good person. Yeah. Um, if anything, if I were to think that, what need do I have for Jesus? Yeah. Right? Like I've basically fulfilled the purpose of my relationship with him, right? Like he fixed me. I'm good. I don't even need him no more. Sheesh. And I, I love that because um, we're right now steeped in a culture that says, do what you want to do. Uh, if you don't feel like doing it, don't do it. You know, yeah. if you, yeah. if you don't feel like it's God's will, don't do it. Mm. Like, yeah. and what does it even mean? Like, feeling God's will, yeah. especially when we turn to Jeremiah and we see like, yeah. you don't even know your own heart. Like yeah. how could you feel God's will? You know, mm. like did Jesus feel like going to the cross? Like did, oh, wow. did, did Mary and Joseph feel like giving birth to a baby wow, in, in a state? Like, yeah. is this a feeling kind of faith now? Mm. Like, like did Jim Elliot feel like getting killed by you know? Oh the, my goodness! Yeah. So I just it's just a it's a weird thing to come into nowadays in our culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th I think that touches on something even deeper in this discussion, right? We're talking about truth, yeah. right? But we're so used to, and I feel like you and I've even talked about this in an American this like Gen Z culture, like feelings become our truth. Ooh, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. Yes, right? sir. Like we we look to feelings first as like. Like, do I have peace in this decision? Oh my gosh, don't even get how, me How many times have you heard that, that bro? Like, I feel like I have peace in this decision. <laughs> <laughs> even if you read oh, the Bible yeah. and like, you know, scripture is so clear that what you're doing is garbage, right? Yeah. It's like, I have peace in this decision. Yeah. Yeah, and like, you know, we, we allow like feelings to trump the truth of scripture, right? And I feel like, mm, again, this is, mm. this is just touching on this thing. This is why truth is so important, right? Yeah. Because if we substitute feelings for truth, our perception of reality is distorted, 
right? Yeah. Like if we simply use our feelings as a way of knowing and understanding the world around us, I guess this is getting into like an epistemological discussion, but like mm. that's, you're going to be deceived, right? Like you're feeling, the heart really is deceitful above all things. If you use that as your compass for life, yeah, you'll be led astray so, fa- so fast, yeah, right? so fast. And like, I think that's the uncomfortable part about truth. And that's why I, I feel like so many Christians these days, like, don't want to seek truth in scripture because it's uncomfortable, right? Like when you read something like Jeremiah, that's uncomfortable to hear. Yeah. If, especially for like, like I can think of people I know and I, sometimes I'm even like this where like, I, I feel like my heart is like, it's like, you know, this Disney, like follow your heart, right? You you talked about this not yeah. too long ago too, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We're like, the, it's like, oh, I feel this in my heart. Like I, I people tell, I mean, think about how many times you've heard people say, this is my heart. You know, like, <laughs> like I just want to share my heart. <laughs> yeah, your heart evil, bro. What, yeah. what, what are you sharing, dude? Yeah, yeah, don't share your heart, bro. That's evil. It's deceitful, yeah, right? Yeah. But I mean, I get what they're trying to say. But I mean, the premise remains, right? Like people are looking so much to their heart and like, I'm going to use my heart to gauge this and my heart and my feelings. And like, this is how I feel about it. But I mean, I can I can definitely recall many times where I've heard people say, say like, this is my heart. But how many times have people said like, hey, this is God's heart in scripture, right? Yeah. Like this is what the word of God says. Like, this yeah, is yeah. this is my objective truth. Yeah. But people don't want to look to that because I mean, I'm not saying studying scripture or reading it is easy. It's hard for me too. But like that's ultimately where we get a right view of reality, right? Yeah. And it's when we step away from that. It's when we no longer accept that to be the standard of objective truth yeah. that you get these perversions of Christianity. A hundred percent. Right? Yeah. You get these churches that are affirming of, of, of heretical doctrine and, 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 you know, especially like in this recent wave of churches that are affirming of like um, LGBTQ um, like uh, mm. lifestyles and things like that. Like yeah, yeah. if we look at scripture, I think it's clear, like that's unbiblical that's that's sin but but these churches are so quick to do that because because of the feeling yeah yeah right like i don't want to offend somebody if this is someone's like like what they're struggling with like i don't want to hurt their feelings or diminish their feelings or anything like that but it the central central focus becomes feelings 100 percent. and we push truth to the side and we say this is too painful this is too cutting this is too much right like we can't bear this or something like that right and and so it, it gets pushed to the side in favor of, of feeling in, yeah. in terms of human opinion and these things and um honestly I, I think like if there's if there's something that i felt like was was uh on my mind to share for this it would just be like like i feel like we just got to go back to truth right yeah like instead of thinking of our feelings or thinking of our not to make this a sermon but like instead of thinking about you know what what we think is truth why don't we just go to the truth and evaluate it against that? Yeah, yeah. As the as the empathy guy here, yeah. on, here on this side, I want to I want to do a little bit of pushback in a sense too, yeah. where truth, like you can't completely disregard emotion because yes. we're emotional beings. Yes, nobody makes a decision in an emotional vacuum. Like, ah, mm. oh, this is the most logical thing to do because love, in a sense, is not logical. Yes, like there yes. the mm. when we look at it's like Jesus why did you do what you it doesn't make sense that yeah. your truth doesn't make sense like yeah. why would you die for us like mm. it doesn't because you're following the will of the father father why did you even want us when we so rebelled against you yeah. so i yeah. think there is that you know walking that line that we're, mm. we're it, it's so tough it's like ah uh, 
Like it's, we need to be founded in truth, but we cannot push away emotion as well. Yeah. We can't let emotion be the guiding arrow, but it's like truth needs to be the, 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 point of the arrow but the emotion will follow the truth i feel like but yeah. that's like so hard to get through yeah. you know yeah it, it for sure is and i think that's like um it, it's so difficult to strike that balance i mean it goes back to the name of this podcast right like walking that line yeah like that super fine line in between like how do we find that right jesus was able to do that perfectly yeah right he was able to um you know uh share truth while perfectly meeting the needs of whoever was listening yeah, right, which is which is kind of crazy to think about, right? It's like his delivery of truth was so filled with grace and so filled with intentionality that the those who who listened and who were able to receive that, right? Like their their needs were met, their needs were met, right? And um, I think that's the hard part. That is the hardest part. But I do think it goes back to this, like first acknowledging that it's. We, we don't go about restoring people. Not that we're necessarily the ones who restore people in, in, in the spiritual sense, I suppose. Um, we forget that sometimes, right? But like, you know, we're not necessarily the ones restoring people. It's it's understanding of the truth that does that. But I think 100%. We, we look at the physical, we look at the emotional first. Yeah. And we say, this person has this emotional need or this emotional dysfunction, Ooh, that's let me address this first. Yeah. Even if it means that I leave the truth out. But I think like that's that 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 difficult balance, right? Where it's like, hey, I really want to address and I don't want to diminish your emotion, right? Yeah. Because it, it is a reality. Like we are all emotional people, right? Yeah. We experience emotion. And to disregard it would, I would even say, make it harder to receive the truth, right? Because I'm sure we can think of times where our parents, right, maybe told us the truth, but it was it was in it was in out of spite almost, or it was in this very like harsh tone, yeah. and because in many ways like they failed to address an emotional need, the truth was so hard to receive. Yeah, right. And you would hear that and be like, you, even if it was true, it's just you know I don't want to listen to you. I don't want to hear that right now. And Oof. that's so hard to do, right? But but I think sometimes we forget it's it's truth, not in like a, um, you just need to get things straight in that kind of attitude, right? Or like um, slap some sense into you. Like that's, the, these are like these kind of crude um, yeah, yeah, yeah. approaches that we take to delivery. But I mean, we're not seeking to be a therapist because that's, I mean, I'm not a therapist, you know, like we're, we're not therapists, but um, in addressing a need, right? Like, I guess going back to that discussion of like, almost being like a spiritual physician, right? Especially as like a minister of the word, right? When you assess someone's need, there's a spiritual and there's an emotional need. Yeah. Right. And so like the spiritual need is met with truth, right? Like we we seek to 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 deliver truth in a way that meets that person. Like if they're feeling, for example, like a, an orphan spirit, right? Like they're like, I don't understand how God can accept me. It's only an understanding of the truth that can really remedy that. Right, not that we are the ones that make them understand necessarily, but like in helping them understand that, that's what meets a spiritual need. But there's an emotional need there too, right? Yeah. And if we just jam it down their throat and be like, "You need to get this," like, "You need to get this," right? Yeah, and yeah. It's like harsh. Then we failed to meet one, and in many cases, that can actually fail to meet the other two. Yeah. And so it's it's such a hard balance to strike, but yeah. 
Man, I think when you're speaking about that, behind truth, there is this loving aspect mm. to truth. I think that that's when Jesus, he was the embodiment of truth and grace. And that's that was the difference, right? Because what the Pharisees were saying to the people were not essentially wrong. Well, of course, they made all these extra bylaws that like weren't yeah. in the word of God. But yeah. like, yeah, they would they, like... If you were sleeping around with somebody that was not pleasing to the Lord, like yeah. we think about Mary, yeah. you know, Mary Magdalene, we're like, oh yeah, mm. did Jesus, do you know who is touching you right now? Do you know who that is? She's an unrighteous woman. Mm. Uh, Jesus fully knowing that, fully knowing the truth, but truth sought to restore Mary and not to condemn her. Mm. And I think that's such an important part of truth is that God's truth seeks to restore people mm. Um not condemn. I mean, there is a condemning aspect to it. Like, like we don't we don't condone sin. Yeah. But I I do think just in the nature and the embodiment of Jesus, because that's who we're really going after. If yeah. we just focus on the Old Testament, it's like, oh, we're actually screwed. Like, there's no way. <laughs> but when we focus on the when we see the transition to the New Testament as well, we see God's truth embodied in a desire to restore humanity back unto Him. And I think even for us as me and you are continuing and whoever's listening uh, that w- to understand truth as compassion in its highest degree. Wow. That's so true. And I mean, Jesus says in the I am statements, right? Like I am the way, the truth and the life. And so he declares that he is truth and you're exactly right. Like truth, I, I guess that's the cutting part, right? Because we become so bound, bound, bound to sin. Yeah. Right? Like when, when the truth cuts that, that's painful, right? But that's that's like maybe the condemning part of truth. It condemns the sin. Yeah, yeah. Not so oh, much the good. sinner, yeah, right? yeah. but the sin. And then it, it is it is restoring truth, right? It's that, it's that double edged It's healing, right? Oof, it cuts, but it restores. So good. So good. Right? And, and, and I feel like this is even reminiscent of what you spoke about in the beginning with Matthew 6, right? Mm. Like this, I, where Jesus says like, do not be anxious. Right, like yeah. for, for tomorrow has its own worries, and and when we think Oof. of that, I mean that's truth, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. The truth is speaking the truth, and um, we, like we said, like when when he says that, right? Like that's a perfect example of of restoring truth, right? Ooh, Where we're like going somewhere, I love it, dude. dude yes. I love. It. Let's keep going. Uh-huh. Yeah, like when he says, "Don't be anxious." Like this isn't just like grit your teeth and clench your fists and force yourself not to be anxious. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's not, yeah, right. Like this, that's not what anxiety is. And that's not the way that you address it either, right? But what he's really saying is be restored by the truth, right? Yeah. Like like come to an understanding, not again, not by your own strength or will or, or whatever, right? Like this isn't by necessarily human effort, but come to understand that everything around you is under God's hand, right? Mm. Like he is sovereign, he is on his throne and there is nothing that goes on here that is out of his control, out of his knowledge. And so because of that, you have no reason to be anxious. Yes. There yes. is no reason to worry, right? Yes. When he says, do not be anxious, it's not a condemnation to the anxious to say, oh, you wicked anxious people. It's, it's wait, we need to come to a revelation and an understanding of God is sovereign. God is, God is King Lord over all things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if, if the good father who seeks to do all, work all things for your good, right? Yeah. right? to work all things, I believe that's Isaiah, right? To work all things for your good. That's, you have no reason to be anxious, right? And so that's such a great example where it's like the truth restores you. When you understand that truth, 
it is healing to your bones. Oh, right? yes, sir. Healing to your bones. I think that's that's probably such a good reason why, like, I can think of in the Psalms, right? David says so many times, like, I love your law. I love your commandments. It's not even in a legalistic sense, right? Like, yeah. I love these because I'm going to obey them and be a morally upright person for my own sake. David, if anyone understood his own depravity, right? Yeah. But it's like, I love your law because it is truth in an age of deception. Ooh, dude, I love that because um, I, I'm just imagining like when we look at Matthew 6 and Jesus mm. says like, do not be anxious, especially in our culture. It's like, Jesus, don't you understand what I have going on in my life? Like, mm. how could you How could you say that? Like, because there's, yeah. there's all these things I have to take. Jesus, I have to pay the bills. Yeah. Like, Jesus, I have to yeah. I have to take care. I have to lead this ministry. I have to lead this relationship. Jesus, I have to figure out my future. Mm. Like, you're not living my life, Jesus. Mm. Yeah. But I can imagine Jesus being like, hey, let's, let's slow down for a second. Like, mm. I'm not trying to be cruel here. I'm just helping you understand that I'm the one in control. And yeah. that's why I say, just worry about today, live in the present because I'm the God of the past, present and future. Like oh. I, I'll take care of that. So yeah. I think it's, especially in our American culture, we're so about achieving, so about getting somewhere, even calling destiny. Like it's like, oh, what am I called to? What do I feel like, uh, yeah. like being led to yeah. in the future? Yeah, it's just like, oh, what if you're called to just today? Mm. Like, what if tomorrow is not guaranteed? Mm. And what if today mm. is what you're called to? I just think about that. Wow, that's so true. And I think that touches on uh, on an even like maybe like deeper, more profound truth too. Like, in in, a, in an individualistic society, right? Like we're always looking to ourselves to find truth, right? Mm, like mm. I need to figure out, yeah, like what my career, my calling or whatever is. And it's not like those are bad things, right? Yeah. You know, it's like not harping on that. But um, I think sometimes we forget that the truth is, and I, because I, I, you mentioned this earlier, right? Like the brother that you were speaking to, it sounds like this is what God is doing in my story, right? Yeah. <laughs> like God is making my story. Yeah, yeah. But I think we forget sometimes that like um, the narrative of scripture isn't over. Sheesh, come on, right? right? Come like, on. <laughs> like the biblical, I mean, the scriptural canon is complete. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be heard. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, but, yeah. but the, the, the narrative has continued unto the present day and it's ultimately God's story. Right. Yeah. And he's the one that's getting the glory and yes. it's about him. And it's, he's the, the center focus, the, the central, um, component of this story. Right. The, the, there is no, um, there is nothing greater and there is no need to put anything above that, right? But in our natural tendencies, right? We, I mean, we we forget that. And and that's another thing I feel like the truth does, right? Again, in that restoring sense, it's, it's offensive because it basically says, hey, things aren't about you. Like the world doesn't revolve yeah. around you as they say, right? Yeah, yeah. But even though that can be so offensive in one sense, isn't that so freeing? Right, yeah. like that's so freeing to actually to remember that, like, wow, it, the world doesn't revolve around me. If it did, that would be a miserable life. Yeah, that would that would be a horrible world if it revolved yes. around you. Yeah. yeah, think about how much pressure and anxiety you should feel yeah. if the world did revolve around you. Yeah. Right, like you got so much going on, and you have to manage everything, and you know everything has to be made exactly the way you want to do it. Like you know all of these, but we forget, right? Like the truth is. No, he is one, right? He is God, right? He is King and and Lord and 
like sovereign and he is the sole authority and all things are for his glory. And we forget that, right? But in being reminded of that truth, even though it can be so offensive, especially to people who who maybe like um, are, are, are uh, less mature in the Christian faith or, or people who aren't Christians at all. Like if we were, if you were to just walk up to them and say, it's not about you, like that can be so offensive. Like, what do you mean? Like my, my life is yeah, yeah. so hard. Like, what do you mean? It's not about me, right? Yeah, yeah. But when we come to understand what that really means, it, it's not just like a, um, a cutting, right? But it's a restoring, like we, like we talked about, right? Yeah. And you're just reminded, wow, it isn't about me. I have no reason to be anxious. I love that. David, how, how much time are we at? 40. 40. All right. Oh, wow. Let's, uh, I just wanted to do this. Uh, do you feel like we could close that right now? Or do you got some more stuff? I feel like this is a good, I mean, do you have any, let, let's maybe share some closing thoughts, right? Closing. Just to kind of wrap up this discussion. What do you, what do you, what are some takeaways from this? We talked about a lot of things. We yeah. talked about um, truth, restoring, healing, cutting, offensiveness, uh, therapeutic deism. Oh God. <laughs> you know, yeah, lots to, you. lots thank to you. kind of unpack here, yeah. but you know, like what, what are some closing thoughts? What do people take away from this discussion? I think uh, just for anybody listening out there, my personal experience, especially in the past year, God mm. has done so much is that I think I felt like I ran on a sense of I'm doing God's will mm. or a sense. And it was usually associated with some kind of pleasant feeling mm. like, yeah. And I would take that as God's blessing on my life. Oh, like yeah. I feel this because God's on this guys. So let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm realizing more and more, like, especially when sometimes nowadays, like I, I feel the opposite. I don't feel mm. that peace. I don't feel that. I don't feel like God, should I keep going? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't feel that. But yeah. Yeah. when I look at the values, when I look at scripture itself, when I look at the biblical characters, I, I wonder how much times in their own lives they felt like doing this thing. Mm. They felt like, and I even think about like marriage and I'm like, oh, like how many people wake up feeling like, you know, 10 years in, I'm like, yo, I feel like, this is something I still need to do, mm. but it's really just love to the highest degree, which is committing and yeah. to the truth too. So I think for me, the, my closing thought would be for any believers out there, uh, be weary of your own heart, mm. be weary of a good sensation, being your sole determiner of a decision. Yeah. Um, yeah. But rather, um, you know, discern and also, I uh, just got to end it, it with a, the truth is statement. I thought this would be kind of like, mm. a, uh, the truth is um, that this world and your life revolves around God. Yeah. And the truth is he loves you. Yeah. Wow. I'm a, I'm a wow. pandit to you, bro. What about yeah. you? I, I, yeah, just, just building off of that. I think, you know, I agree with everything you had to say there too. And I, I, I think I would just add like, because truth is so important. I felt like this was kind of um, one of the driving things that, that I mean, even convicted me, I feel like to have this discussion is because truth is so important, um, I think we just ought to be all the more vigilant about pursuing it, right? And keeping it close to our hearts because the hearts, like the heart truly is so deceitful. Yeah. The remedy for that is, is to saturate yourself with truth. Mm. right? To be so saturated with truth and in the word of God. And, and again, not in a legalistic way, right? Just to have head knowledge or whatever, but when the lies of the enemy come and they will come, 
100%. Right? Yeah. When the hardships of the world come and and the enemy is there to tell you like it's it's you know God doesn't love you or God you know this this is you're living in sin maybe if you're not, right? You know, there's so many different ways that 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 the world um the worldly ideologies right mm. that we see yeah. um you know the people of the world the enemy himself can seek to deceive people, right? I mean, he is the father of lies, like the deceiver. Yeah. How do we fight against that? I think that's why when Paul talks about the the armor of God, right? It's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, because it is that word that cuts away the lies, right? That that it's that it's that truth that we use to defend ourselves against the barrage of false ideologies and lies that come from the world. Yeah. And I think like the what was what was on my heart to use that language, right? Was we ought to be all more, all the more urgent and um, diligent and vigilant about preserving, seeking truth, not just for the sake of being right, right, yeah. or like winning some debate with a friend or something like that. But it's 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 preservation of your soul, and it's not like you're the you're you're solely responsible for that. I mean, God has grace and He is over your life. But the way that you protect against the lies of the enemy and the way that you fight back against false things that you see in the world is by seeking truth. Yeah. By preserving it and holding it near and dear to your heart, writing the commandments on your heart. And so, um, yeah, I feel like that was that was my closing thought too. It's like like the real therapy is truth therapy. Oh, come How on, somebody. You, you know, like not in a harsh way. And we're not bagging on the yeah. uh, mental health. We need yeah, that. No, no. We need that. I, I mean, I've been to therapy. I mean, you I'm said, going to therapy right yeah, now. Yeah, so, I've been to therapy. Yeah. Other people's have been to counseling too. I think it's great. I recommend it to everybody, but you know, it's it's the truth that restores, even in therapy too. Yeah, right? no. It's the truth that restores you. It's when you come to understand yourself and 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 who you really are in Christ, right? Or who you really, and why you act the way you do. That's restoring. Dude, you know what we should do next time, Sam? What? As we close out this episode, we should next, next time we should talk about therapy and our experience of therapy mm. and how without Christ, therapy is- Meaningless. Is is so pointless, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That would be great, yeah. But yeah, I mean, just to close it out, thank you guys for listening. Um, you know, it was great to share another conversation and I hope you guys enjoyed it, received some value from it. God blessed. Um, and yeah, yeah, it should be, it should be. We have like a tagline at the end. Tagline. Like, Thanks for walking the line. Or something. <laughs> 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 what should we do? Thanks for walking the line with us. So yeah, come on now. See you next time. See you next time.